and welcome to PCTY Talks. I'm your host, Sherry Simpson. During our time together, we'll stay close to the news and info you need to succeed as an HR pro. And together, we'll explore topics around HR thought leadership, compliance, and real life HR situations we face every day. On today's episode, I have Erica Lance with me. I'm really excited about Erica. She has this amazing podcast she actually just told me about. Um, so I will drop that in the show notes. Um, but Erica, maybe we could start. You can share a little bit about your background in HR and maybe drop a little knowledge on the podcast that you actually host because it's really interesting, guys. I would love to. So yes, my um, journey into HR is kind of interesting. I've been doing it for about 25 years now. But I, I'm very open with this story. I kind of fell into HR. It's not what I necessarily, you know, wanted to be when I grew up. But when I was much, much younger, I had an administrative job at a stockbroker firm. And it was a low-level receptionist job. And I helped them vet a few resumes. So when I was looking to move up to my next job in the world, I mentioned that I did resume reviews. So I got interviewed and the person's like, oh, so you do HR? And I was, you know, like 22 years old. And I was like, yeah, no, I do HR. Yeah, had no idea what I was doing whatsoever at all. But they ended up hiring me to be a director of personnel. And so I did HR by fire. No education, no college background, none of that. It was a line on a resume that got me my first HR gig. And then it was a lot of learning from that point in time. So it's been an interesting journey and a slight detour into IT. At my last um, company previous to know before, the CEO um, said he wanted me to run the IT area, which they had developers and, you know, standard um, infrastructure people. And I told him I was uniquely not qualified to do that. And then he was like, but you're going to do it anyway. So I ended up being a CIO for about four years, again, having to learn trial by fire on how to be a CIO and how to run developers and how to run infrastructure. So that has been a very interesting journey, I think, um, for me. And my podcast, which um, I enjoy doing is a little fun side project because I'm a published novelist, is uh, it's called Drinking with Authors. And I um, have a couple drinks and interview authors about life, livingness and the direction the podcast takes after we've had a couple glasses of wine together. So it's so fascinating. Um, I love that, that intersection. And I'm sure you bring a lot of skills that you've learned in the HR space as you talk to people, you know, you mentioned jumping into that role and being like really transparent that you weren't ready for it. Didn't have the skill set. Um, I know that you are super passionate about radical transparency and that's what we're going to talk about today. How did you come to that like conclusion of radical transparency is the way to go and how I want to live my life? Well, I think one of the, for me, radical transparency is just easier. One of the things I've never liked about any HR space or anything is when it's too conservative. And also HR has gotten to a point in some places where they're walled off in an ivory tower and employees have become dangerous. So you start treating them like they're dangerous or they're a problem or like we have to handle the problems of the employees. And the moment you treat anything in any aspect of life that it's a dangerous situation that you have to adapt to and there's problems, 
you you're no longer a safe space. So if you're transparent, and I, I say this to every person that I ever interview, you're going to screw things up. No matter who you are, you're going to totally mess something up. And it's in that moment that defines the person and what they do. And if you make it safe for the employee to go, I messed it up. And if you mess things up as HR as an executive and you go, hey guys, I messed this thing up and you own it, you become real. Because if there's a threat that you, it's unsafe to be there because one, the employee's dangerous and two, it's unsafe because if they say something, they're gonna get fired or something. You no longer have a place where people can operate and grow because it's, it's it's dangerous for them as you've decided it is for you. And so that's why I decided radical transparency is the way to go. And sometimes it's painful, but it's way better because you're a real person to the employee and not some scary person in the HR office. Like every time somebody is scared because they got called to HR makes me kind of frown a little bit because they shouldn't be afraid because the majority of what we should be doing is being a service to them and helping them to continue to grow and expand, whether it's within the company they're in or not. And sometimes there's a choice, but there's a way to do it. So they feel like you've helped them regardless of what the answer is. Yeah, we've talked about that before, that concept of your exit of an organization should almost be as good as your entrance into an organization if you're doing it right. Yes, I've actually had people thank me for firing them. Like I've run into them later and they thank me, I'm firing, I shouldn't probably say that's not the politically correct day of terminating their employment. No, but I've had people come up to me that have gone on to things because depending on how you do it, you help them to not make the same mistake and be able to grow and expand past that. And again, it's not always pleasant, but there are ways to do it. And especially if the employee knows that if they're getting terminated, that there is a fairness in it because they've seen you exhibit the fairness and the honesty and the transparency with others, it comes as less of a blow to them because they can then see their responsibility in what has occurred to them because there isn't a way you do it if it wasn't fair and needed at that point. Obviously, besides layoffs, because that to me is the most unpleasant part of HR period is layoffs. I'm sure a lot of people listening have experienced that in the last 18 months of going through that. As you think about your own journey when it comes to radical transparency, do you have a moment in your career that comes to mind that you're like, this is when I really practiced it and this is the positive outcome it had for me in my career? A pivotal moment. I love pivotal moments. I don't, I don't know that I necessarily had it exactly a pivotal moment. One of the things I decided was I was never going to change who I am as a person. I was never going to put on a business suit and become this different person. And that doesn't mean that I'm not understanding public relations and stuff like that. And there's image and everything, but I went, I want people to understand that they're talking to a real person and they're not talking to somebody that goes away in a closet at the end of the night, because that's where we put HR people or executives, or, you know, you don't see them in real life. Oh my gosh, they saw me in the grocery store. I'm a real person, you know? And it's funny because early on in my career in HR, I realized people reacted that way when they saw me out in real life, they'd see me at the mall and they go, Oh, and they'd almost be startled. Like, Oh, what, what is she? And I'm like, we're in a mall. And I, I made a point of 
talking and continuing to enhance how I was with people and just talking to them. Because I think HR can sometimes when you walk through a place get the what I call the Jurassic Park where they think you're a T-Rex and if you if they don't move you can't see them and I, I never want that to happen I want them to know I'm here and I see them and I like this figure on their desk or it's really neat they're reading this book or what are they up to and genuinely being involved in their life and I think it was a growth thing not like a single moment but realizing I wanted to be real to them and not this scary figure that you know comes back like you know a scarecrow i'm going to terminate you if you mode you know that's not the way you want to have that yeah something i've done in my career is when i've heard people say like oh here comes hr i'll say something like who's that my name is sherry i don't go by hr <laughs> Like, let me introduce you to myself and tell you a little bit about me. Um, and the reactions are always like, okay, that was a weird thing that you just said, but it breaks the ice and we can have just a genuine conversation. And then the next time they see you, they interact with you because they're like, you're a real person. And then if people ask, they go, no, Sherry's a real person. You can talk to her. Like, I yeah. love that. I love that. When you have been um, implementing more radical transparency in your own organization and helping others learn about this concept from an HR perspective, how have you leveraged data to become more transparent? Well, I think the first thing I think I leveraged is understanding empathy and what the other side of the coin is. And data I've leveraged, if you do surveys, I'm such an advocate, I'm so passionate about this. If you do a survey, listen to the survey. You're not running by committee of employee, but your employees are saying something and you have to acknowledge what they're saying and figure out a way to handle what they're saying if it's not something you can do. But what I feel like happens, and I was on a, a panel one time and they were there's this girl this company was talking about surveys and you know that happened and I said oh okay well how long does it take you to implement from those surveys because you know proper behavior I start questioning the own panelists I'm with and um she's like well you know it goes through a review and then to a committee and I'm like okay and she's telling me all these steps and I'm like yeah but when so if you're surveying about snacks in the break room when do they see a new snack in the break room and she's like six to nine months and I'm like, oh my what? goodness, don't bother. Like, don't, if you're getting data, don't bother if you're not going to do something with the data. It doesn't matter what the data is, but you have to do that. And the flip side of the data are things like when we're talking about diversity and changing and making an actual change to the organization, you have to, to the very top of your organization, get them to understand the data and what it takes to make that um move you know make it change and pivot at all because people can talk about numbers but when you're talking about for instance a happiness or a diversity or something what are the actual steps you have to do to make that change and how do you communicate that to your employees or prospective employees you touch base on communication and it it really leads into my next question what you know what mistakes have you seen leaders and hr professionals make when trying to be more transparent Oh, well, I, I jokingly say this term, read the room. Who are you talking to? You know, Men in Black, you know, has a line in it where it says a person is smart and people are stupid. I don't think people are stupid, but when you're talking to a group and you're not really talking to the group, you're talking at the group, 
remember it's not a reciprocal communication. And remember that you have a different reality than a lot of the people that are there. For instance, if you're a big executive talking to a bunch of warehouse workers, if you were a warehouse worker, how long ago was that? What are the actual problems that they're having? What are the problems they're existing? What is their reality on you coming in and going, we are super excited because we have this new time management system. And they're like, what are you, wait, if there's one more step I have to do to go to work. So I think a lot of people forget to get who your audience is. Like, who are you talking to? And find a way to be relatable where you're not, if you're having to talk at them and some meetings are just talking at them, right? But do it in a way that they can relate to you and don't feel like you're talking down or don't understand or can't relate to whatever the thing is you're discussing with them. At Know Before, the CEO has a morning meeting every single day with the employees. And he says, you should never keep employees like mushrooms in a closet. You know, you, you want to have leaders constantly informing about changes in what's happening, but in a way that you're wanting people to be engaged and be a part of that change. And I think that goes along with do it regularly, talk to the group, understand who you're talking to and be willing to solicit feedback and then listen to the feedback when they're, when they're doing that, you know? I have heard feedback from, from peers in the HR space of this fear to be transparent, that by being transparent, we're opening ourselves up in a in a dangerous way or in a way where we're going to get like those gotcha questions. What feedback or what have you seen when when people talk to you about that, it, the success of transparency compared to, yeah, you're going to get tough questions? If you, well, my thing is this, I get tough questions. We do ask me anything all the time. Executives do ask me anything. We open the floor to ask me anything. And whether it's in a smaller group or we do it on a larger scale, um, the thing that you do in doing that is one, you need to be prepared for, and as a person, being able to take a breath, look at the question and have an answer that's an acceptable answer but also be prepared. It can be a not pleasant answer, right? We can have not pleasant answers like, hi, we have to change the insurance, but why do you have to change the insurance? Well, here's the reasoning we want to do this, but you have to know your, your standing and not let them push back and also be willing to have those hard hitting questions and be willing to answer them and go, yeah, so we implemented this thing and it turned out it wasn't a great thing. And this is why it wasn't a great thing. And we listened to your feedback on it. So we're going to pivot and make this change. Believe it or not, I think that just that alone, being able to take the difficult question, acknowledge right and wrong about it, and then how something can be made to be different by the feedback you're getting makes all the difference in the world because it opens the trust band. You know, I, the model you just talked about, it, you know, we like to call them feedback loops here, um, but it's so important. And you said it a couple of times. It's like you have to listen to the feedback. You you re, you genuinely have to listen and understand what's being said and understand the context of who's giving it to you. You know, so somebody whose early career is going to be much different, whose senior career, and they're maybe giving you feedback on the same thing. 
but it's, you know, digesting that information and being transparent in your feedback. Well, that, and they know, I mean, we're not, as HR people, we're not doing data entry or customer service or whatever. I could list a bazillion. We're not on the ground doing that, experiencing what they're experiencing as an employee, experiencing a vacuum of missing information. Because everybody knows that if you have missing information, you will open a vacuum and start stuffing the most ridiculous things into that because they don't know what's happening. So instead, they're going to go down generally the worst path possible. And they're like, oh my gosh, they didn't say this to me. Does that mean we're all getting fired? And then Bob goes, I heard a rumor we're all getting fired. And then that whole thing spreads. And it's because of missing information because you were like, no, we were doing this survey because we want to know whether we're putting coffee or tea in the break room. And they just don't know that. And it's somehow equals a lack of information and realizing that them doing the job and experiencing it when they're saying something to you, don't think you're an expert. That drives me crazy when executives go, yeah, but I don't think that's accurate. Really? Because all of your data entry said this. So they do the job. Maybe they have some reality on that that you don't have because you've never even been on the data entry floor. In your organization, did you bring this idea of radical transparency or did it already exist? I was very fortunate in this organization that our CEO already had that philosophy. I just made um, a lot of, in, in, with the help of other people, training material about what this meant and how to have difficult conversations and how to be radically transparent. And I'm gonna say something you might have to bleep a little bit, but we actually have a no policy at this company. And it literally says you cannot be an And it's something that we're very strong um, about believing in, implementing, and as executives doing, is that I don't care if you're an employee to employee, executive to employee, doesn't matter. You have to treat everyone with a lot of respect. You have to do active listening. That's another thing we teach here, how to actually actively listen to somebody. And that all stems from the CEO's vision of what that is and all of the executives following suit. Because radical transparency cannot be implemented unless it's done from the very, very top of the organization down. But I think that's true for anything related to HR. You can be the best HR person in the entire world. And if you do not have buy-in from the rest of the executive strata, you don't get to win any of the games. You, know, you will never win because you'll be this little, little bright light by yourself in the darkness, you know? And you won't be able to engage in helping the business succeed. You know, as a true HR partner, you should have that mindset. And th they will see that if you're part of the team. Um, for those listening, if they are like, man, I really wish I could get my C-suite on board with this, what's your advice for them to start down the road of introducing more radical transparency in their orders? Well, that, this is where you, you have to put your integrity and intention in, in front of your job, potentially, because you have to be willing to go and be blunt and get them to listen to you, whether it's showing them with data, um, understanding, but you have to go and get them starting with the very top to champion it. And you have to sometimes make a lot of noise and be very aggressive in getting your voice heard so that you can be the champion of getting the employees' voices heard. 
And, you know, I've had people come to me and gone, well, I got a lot of pushback, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, great. You should probably find another place to work. Like, to be blunt, go find somebody who wants to have you do that. If you just want to be one of these people that checks boxes and is a paper taker and it's not affecting change, if you've said it and done it and they flat out said they don't want to make a change, they don't believe in that, then you shouldn't be there because integrity wise, that's not what you should be doing if you can't make that change. They have to be willing to do it. So I think you have to, you know, um, I, I jokingly say be willing to flip the desks over sometimes and be the bull in the china shop and be loud. And until you get heard, because, you know, you ever every one of us has a voice and we can use that voice. And I'm not saying that as CHRO because I haven't always been a CHRO, but I've always been willing to not just nod and smile and go, yeah, okay, but that's wrong. And this is why that's wrong. And this is the effect you're creating on the employees and continue to push that message through to get it heard or go, they don't want to hear it. So they're not going to be successful as an employer for a longer period of time. It, it brings up a good point around your own personal values and the things that you see as important to HR and do they align with the values of the organization? If your organization isn't doesn't value radical transparency and you know that you do, you're absolutely right. It's It's your time to find an organization that does support that. Um, one of the tactics we've tried when implementing new things is we might start small with a department head and build kind of our case and practice with them. And that has definitely helped in my career, at least kind of make that next level and, and then have that conversation with the C-suite and say like, here's my data. We implemented in this group. This is the productivity. This is how it supports our business case. Those kinds of things. You can absolutely do that. It's just, do you have somebody who wants to listen to what you're saying? Sometimes survey makes a huge difference and you get that. And I, you know, I've seen it both ways. I think HR is changing so much than it was when I first started, you know, and even where it was at the beginning of this pandemic, because for radical transparency, employees are kind of going, yeah, so all the stuff that we all thought was important is not important anymore. And, you know, people say, well, the data now, and I go, where did you get that data? Because things are changing every five minutes. And I think now more than ever to the top of the organizations, they're seeing, oh, you know, like when people go, well, they make great pay. Anytime somebody above me says that, I go, that's cute. So let me educate you because it's not about like, that's not even on the top 10 sometimes of people's list of things they're yeah. looking for. And, you know, you can do education. It's just, is it making a difference? Are you impacting those people you're trying to talk to? Or are they stuck in their ways? And those people that have been stuck in their ways, I think are sort of being run over now by all the people that aren't stuck in their ways. And the companies that are going, hey, we really want to care for our employees and keep them there and keep them happy. And the pandemic has really shown the employees are like, I know what makes me happy. That's a really good way of putting it. Um, I know what makes me happy. And if you're listening, yeah. you'll hire me. I love it. I love it. That's a tweetable quote. If you're listening, you should tweet that from uh, Erica. Great quote there. Um, to wrap it up, I want to say congrats on running the 2021 Icon Award for HR Professionals of the Year. You. As you look forward to 2022, what challenges are you going to tackle next year? Well, I think, especially with the announcement from President Biden this week, I, I, I don't think we're over our COVID challenges, unfortunately. 
Um, you know, I think for all of us in HR, this has been a true test to our stamina in the human resource field and making sure people were cared for. Um, the other thing I, you know, I want to continue to see is more sharing of how you do things. I love that you're doing this podcast. You know, knowledge is power. And I think our creating more and more of a community within the HR space about what works, what doesn't work, and really talking about it. Every person probably listening to this has advice on something they did that made things better. Share that. Put it on LinkedIn. Go, hey, I had this thing. Not a 20-page article. It's LinkedIn. Nobody reads those. But, you know, a short article about what you've done or things that you've seen are successful. Let's continue to do that going into this year. Because especially right now with the employees telling you what they want, we're all hearing different things and can learn and improve from each other. And it makes our voice combined louder for executives to hear what's happening in our industry. What a cool way to end this discussion. I love the idea of a shared HR voice. So Erica, thank you for such a great discussion and your own radical transparency in our conversation. I can't wait to see what's next for you. So thanks again. This podcast is brought to you by Paylocity, a leading HCM provider that frees you from the tasks of today so you can focus more on the promise of tomorrow. If you'd like to submit a topic or appear as a guest on a future episode, email us at pctytalks at paylocity.com.